Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Dr. Hector Garcia. During this episode, we will be discussing the power of mentors and perseverance in achieving our dreams. Dr. Nathan Swink joins us today to describe his incredible educational journey from GED to PhD. Welcome to the podcast, Nathan. It's great to have you here to discuss and share your inspirational story with our listeners. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Well, Nathan and listeners, Merriam-Webster Dictionary has defined perseverance as a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. The actual condition of an instance of persevering or steadfastness. In fact, positive psychology advises us that various studies have shown that perseverance is an essential quality for success in life. It often tops aptitude and raw talent and is a more accurate predictor of achievement. Our ability to stick with our tasks, goals, and passions is vital. Persevering entails effort and practice. It also involves our ability to learn from failure and to try again when thrown off our horses until we get thrown off no more. Now, perseverance coupled with mentorship is a winning combination as mentors can inspire, help, support, and encourage us to realize our potential and to achieve those dreams. Nathan today will bring us his personal story of how perseverance and mentorship helped him achieve some of his major life goals and dreams. So with that, Nathan, tell us a little bit about yourself and the obstacles that you faced to realize some of your life goals and dreams. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Nathan Swink. I, I teach at a community college here uh, in Wichita, Kansas, just outside of Wichita, Kansas. Um, and I think the the first obstacle that uh, came to mind was that by the end of my junior year, I'd moved around and tried sort of a small, medium, and large high school, at least for Kansas. And once cobbled together, uh, my transcript left me one U.S. history class shy of a diploma. Uh, at, at the time, I was living with my stepbrother and my, while my parents worked out their divorce, and we all decided that Dad and I could move in together and go to college. So my dad, Merlin, at 52, and me at 17, started college for the first time together. So the first obstacle was just getting into college, and I overcame that by attending an open admissions school. I was able to attend as a minor without a diploma, and then after my 18th birthday, my mother arranged for me to take a GED from a man that she worked with because she, he founded the alternative school that was run by my mom, Fran O'Keefe, for almost a decade. Another obstacle that came at the end of my 
uh, time as a student at Butler. Uh, I had a situation involving an incomplete. Uh, as you and I both know, if you're granted an incomplete and do not complete it, the grade turns into an F. Uh, I think I would have passed with a low B, but it converted to an F. So without that class, I didn't qualify for an associate's degree. Uh, about a year later, uh, my life was not going in a productive direction, and I remembered completing the ASVAB with my buddies in high school and the recruiter's response. So my scores combined with the uh, college credits now opened the door for me to join Open Contract for four years, starting as an E2 instead of an E1 in the U.S. Marine Corps. By the time I came back home to Kansas, I felt like I could do anything, and I, I had some major advantages. For the next four years of college, I got payments from the GI Bill. Uh, one of my brothers had a house that he could rent me cheap. Uh, having gone now to the same community college as both of my parents, I, I went on and finished up at the same college that both of them uh, got their degrees from. Once in grad school, again, I hit seemingly every stumbling block. Uh, many of the folks who started the same year as me finished in four years, and I took nine. So first I didn't pass the second semester of an upper level statistics class with a B or better, so I had to take that again the next year. Then I got to the qualifying exam, what some programs call comps, and again I failed. And rather than showing them that I knew what the department had taught me, I decided to show innovation of thought and failed to demonstrate the outcomes that they were looking for. So failing quals was another major crossroad. Oh, thank you, Nathan. So many, so many obstacles. Uh, all the way from when you were 17, that one missing credit, my goodness, all the way through. So let me ask you something, because it, it doesn't sound like you did this by yourself. So, uh, and I know in the intro, I mentioned something about mentors. So tell us, what role did mentors play in helping you achieve your goals in spite of all those obstacles? Uh, well, you're very correct. Uh, I did not achieve that alone. So before boot camp, my brother who had served told me two things. First, boot camp has a beginning and an end. So one can feel a drift there, but your foot will know solid ground again. Then the other advice was don't be a squad leader. So especially in boot camp, it's extra work and there's no payout. So eight or nine months after boot camp, uh, I was in what we called MOS school, where I learned to troubleshoot radio systems. And I decided to go ahead and step up for a squad leader position anyway. Uh, it had filled, but the sergeant looked at me differently than he had before, and he said that he would keep me in mind. Soon I was third squad leader. Then when first squad leader was demoted, I was bumped up to first. Later, when the platoon sergeant had an emergency prevent him from taking his orders to Hawaii, they fell to the first squad leader. Had it not been for the moment that I told him that I was interested in being a leader, I would not have served in Hawaii, where I completed two six-month tours of Asia and was awarded a Navy and Marine Corps Accommodation Medal for modifications to a new and faulty communication helmet. I also never would have met Staff Sergeant Gigi, who was among the gayest men ever to serve under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I had a childish outburst in front of him and later apologized profusely. He looked at me and said, don't apologize, just don't do it. At the time, I thought, what a jerk. And about two years later, I thought, what a brilliant man. 
<clears throat> Dr. Jay Nolan started the same year that I did at Southwestern College, and he got right to work setting up a research lab and talking up the mentor role. I joined that lab and met one of my best friends, uh, John Hathcote, who now teaches at James Madison University. We were both in love with research right from the start, and with Jay giving us these goals, like regional conference presentations, we've flourished. Jay led me, John, Tasha, Emily, so many amazing kids through their first research experience, and it was Dr. Nolan more than any other person who put the idea in my head that I needed to have a PhD. It was also in one of Dr. Nolan's lab meetings that I met my second mentor, Dr. Louis Medvine. Dr. Medvine visited our, our research lab to recruit for the department. When I applied to grad school, I had to select a professor, and so his name was familiar. Much like Staff Sergeant Gigi, I didn't recognize what a great teacher Lou was until I was outside of his tutelage, which, to be fair, was a bit stifling. He was known as the micromanager among the grad students. The more distance I get, the more I realize that's probably what I needed. When I failed quals, I decided to move down to Oklahoma and teach at a community college, uh, and another mentor laid the great groundwork. Dr. Greg Myerson set up a meeting with me just to explain that there are two ways to leave the department with a master's. One is to leave and never return, and the other is to leave the door open for coming back. Because he encouraged me to leave the door open, um, I did, and when I came back, then I worked for him instead of Lou. And I com completed my PhD in community psychology under Greg. To the sides of both of these research teams, I was also involved during grad school in the lab with Dr. Jim Snyder, who did really cool research, like uh, how do kids learn to be sneaky, and how do you train teachers to catch kids being good. Um, as a doctor, I moved to the basement of my mom's house for a couple of years, worked as a substitute teacher, as an adjunct college professor, as a security guard at the City Arts Museum. It took me two years before I landed a full-time job back at the community college where Dad and I started 20 years earlier. My second year there, I set up a research lab where I now mentor students of my own. Wow, what a story. I mean, all the things that you went through, all the obstacles, but you had that momentum that kept pushing you forward, pushing you forward. And then you have a whole laundry list of mentors that have really, really served as crutches for you and even though at the time you didn't realize the value of their mentorship for example the the micromanager um, department chair you, you saw later that that micromanagement was in fact was focus was focusing you was guiding you in the right direction and um, as a mentor myself i i often ponder the the, the fact that uh, are these students really understanding what i'm saying are they taking these lessons to heart. And I know for a fact that a lot of them are because they come back and tell me. But as I was mentored myself at the time, it just seems like I don't need this right now. Why are these people telling me this? I know what I'm doing. But as we get older, and, and Nathan told us himself, we realize the value of the mentors. So now, now that we've talked about perseverance, mentorship, and I want to thank you for your service um, in the core. And if you were listening, you heard the citations that he received and the honors that he received serving. So 
if you could tell our listeners and provide them with some best practices or some tips that they could use in their educational journeys to help them persevere and or how to get that mentor that was so beneficial to you, what would you say to the listeners as these tips for them? Uh, well, well, that's a great suggestion that you have there about looking for mentors. Uh, and I wish I would have thought about that earlier when I was sort of pulling together my notes. Um, I do say all this all the time in class that I'm a doctor, not because I'm smart, but because I kept trying. I've read a few biographies, and it seems like almost anyone who becomes a household name failed spectacularly, usually before succeeding. I think about the day that I learned that I'd failed qual- quals. I uh, left Lou's office and went to a stairwell and just sat down and cried. All of my eggs were in that PhD basket, and I dropped it. But eventually, I got to my feet, and I went home, and I started applying for jobs. And once I started trying, doors started opening. Connor State College had an opening that was pretty much guaranteed to a long-term employee there, and I applied. And they were so impressed that they opened another position for me. I applied to rent a house, and over it. Uh, 80 applicants applied, and they rented to me. Um, So a lesson here is to diversify. Most kids know don't put all your eggs in the same basket, but in practice, it's hard. When I came back to grad school, I became involved in a couple of nonprofits. I got really into my hobby photography. I started writing what eventually would become some self-published books. I, I would advise people to keep a planner. When you don't have much money, you need a budget. When you don't have much time, you need a plan. I I break my planner down into four sections. A to-do list, a be here section, which reminds me of one-off meetings like this one, a mind-body-spirit section, and a long-term goals section. I try to kick the can down each of those roads every few days. Uh, Steady progress, easy does it. Something that I've, I've... haven't mentioned here, but a lesson that I learned along the way is don't shoot yourself in the foot one step before the finish line. That last mile of a marathon is the hardest for me. I think it's due to self-esteem issues. It was hard for me to see myself as successful. It was easier to see myself as a failure who almost made it. And I programmed myself to, to just think, just keep pushing. And so my mantra through all of this and the advice that I'd like to leave with listeners is when weakest, we must try hardest. Seems unfair, but it's precisely when you have nothing to give that you must muster that last bit of drive. I hope people can take that lesson with them. Well, Nathan, thank you for those inspirational words. You know, and and you're right about that last mile being the toughest in a marathon. And how many times have we seen people give up right before their achievements? Just like you sitting in that hallway thinking about, I didn't make it and just walk away from it. No, it's that last mile. It's always darkest right before the light. So you realize that and you've given our students a lot to think about and you've given them inspiration as you have me. So thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and insights, and especially that great advice. Um, They are extremely valuable to all of us. Thank you for being here, Nathan. We appreciate your appearance. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just honored to be here. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
This is Dr. Hector R. Garcia, and I have been your host for this episode of Agents of Change from GED to PhD. Thanks again to our special guest, Dr. Nathan Swing. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now.